it's a great time to remember and to forget. Praising the Lord is about remembering who He is. And it's forgetting who we are. Because sometimes we can spend so much time thinking about ourselves. This, that. I mean, how am I going to pay the bills this coming week? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? But when we come to praise the Lord, we've got to forget about ourselves and think about Him. And when we think about Him, it opens the door for His goodness, His love, His power, His everything He's got to come flooding in. There is a reality that I've found in my life, and that's this. You can never praise Jesus too much. I'll just talk to church on this side. You can never praise Jesus too much. But let's, let's be honest. Let's tell the truth, shame the devil, and say it's very easy sometimes to let other thoughts and other things come in and swamp our head. And we get caught up with, oh, this, that, all of which can be really good. But when we put focus, and I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. It's just so good to be here today and, and celebrating. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about celebrating. I'll just say it again. The Bible speaks a lot about celebrating. It speaks a lot about celebrating. Why? Because celebration is what keeps reminding us of God. So there's a whole lot in the Scripture. I've met some very religious people. They always have long faces, but my face beats theirs. It starts back there and comes all the way down. And so, that, and so the reality is you can get these very religious people and they go, oh, you know, and they'll come and ask me. I've had it so many times. You know, where does your power come from? How, how often do you fast? I, I, I just always tell them I fast very regularly. And they'll go, oh, praise the Lord. But, uh, yeah, I fast religiously. Oh, Praise the Lord. From 11 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock the next morning. It's just, it's, it's just, that's what it is. And that's why we have breakfast. And so the reality is simply this. It's not what we do. It's who we become. We become praise engines. We become praise engines. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. But that doesn't just happen. There is something that when we start to intentionally do things, it becomes an instinct with us. I've worked in sharing sheds just around this district. They weren't always wholesome places. I've worked in a factory in Lower Hutt. It was not always a, a wholesome place. And when trouble would come, then suddenly out would come a whole diatribe of language which you don't want to repeat. Why? Because their instinct had gone that way. But when trouble comes, we can build up an instinct that when trouble comes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And we don't do that by just waiting till the trouble comes. We do it by in the good times, we praise the Lord. We praise Him in the good times. We praise Him this time. We praise Him. We praise Him. And then suddenly when the pressure comes on, His praise is still in our mouth. I've shared before. When the darkest moment of my life, when, when little Rebecca was drowned, 
in the darkest moment of my life, I was still able to praise the Lord. And I never doubted for a minute that God loved me and His kindness was towards me. Why? Because in the times before that, when it would have been so easy to forget about God and get on with enjoying life, I still praised the Lord. So when the pressure came on, that's what came out. You know, when I was young, I, I had a lot of pimples. It was just not very good when you wanted young ladies to look at you and you're just this splotch of, didn't do so good. So I got hold of some sol, solvol soap, the sand soap, and I was, that fixed it. Six layers of skin later. still didn't look at me. No, one did. He's still looking at me. <laughs> As we celebrate 10 years, it's very easy to say, oh, this hasn't happened and that hasn't happened and something else hasn't happened. But that's not what we do. We say, this is what happened. This is what. This is what. This is what. This is what God's done. This is what he's done. This is the provisions. This is the things. These are the encounters we've had with God. This is, this is what it is. I want to just start by reading from Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51, Isaiah the prophet of the kingdom. The prophet of the kingdom. And that's what we are building. We're building the kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And this is what he says. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. In one sense, it's almost like, are we looking backwards? No, we're looking at our foundation. We're looking where we came from. We've been celebrating communion. Where did we come from? From the fact that Jesus, he died on the cross. I'm so glad Jesus died on the cross. I'll just talk to church this time. I'm so glad Jesus died on the cross. You know, I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm glad Jesus died for me. You see, sentimentality and human thinking can go, oh, it was so sad Jesus died. Never buy into that jolly junk from the devil. I'm glad he died for me. And the devil and the religious spirit can get into your head and go, well, you know, you're not really worthy of that. Well, we know that. But that's not the point. That's not the point. Jesus saw in you and he saw in me things that we can't see in ourselves. And he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you can come and be with me and you can dwell in the land of glory. Oh, yeah, my mum, she just passed away in the last week. We had a, we had a praise celebration on Friday. And she, this is the first song we, she wanted us to sing. And that was this. There's a place where the streets shine with the glory of the Lamb. And there's a way we can go there. We can live there beyond time because of you. And we sang that song. <laughs> she said, Seth, I want it to be sung. That's an ancient Aramaic expression for lots of oomph in it. <laughs> and, and, and then 
because he lives, I can face tomorrow as the next one. Oh, yeah. You see, living with the reality of our reference point, not of this world, because this is not our home. This is just the place we go through. But here's the prophet saying, make sure you get your reference point from the right place. If I can't speak properly today, which I can't, I've got a, I've had locked jaw and it's still just partially, I've been living on fluids for the last three weeks. <sighs> That's a way to diet. And so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and someone said, what are you going to do when your jaw opens fully? I'm going to have fish and chips and a good steak. <laughs> Not at the same time. So we remember the rock we come, we cut from, which is that it's church could not start until the day of Pentecost. It wasn't allowed to start until the day of Pentecost. And yet it's so easy to forget that the Holy Spirit is the foundation of what we call church. That we couldn't, we, 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 we just got to remember that's what it is. We are born again by the Spirit. We are, we are raised by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. The, the reality is, I'm not minimizing Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going away. So he can, he actually said, you are better off that I go away so that the Holy Spirit could come. And so if that's what Jesus says, it behoves us to make sure that we are putting great emphasis on what Jesus put emphasis on. Jesus put an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. He told them, he taught them, he's coming, and they're going like, what? Because they had no reference point. You and I have a reference point that the early disciples didn't have. But we also have the same reference point, looking unto Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. What does it mean, the perfecter of our faith? It means we get that stuff which our humanity and our religious gobbledygook stuff just can get obliterated. I'm thankful for the blood because the blood cleanses. I'm so thankful it's not a paint job. The blood's not a paint job. It cleanses. Don't go down the gurgler looking for what the blood has washed away. It, it, it just gets really dark in those places. Instead, we're called to be people of light. And so I want to read from Galatians chapter 6. So here's the Apostle Paul writing to a region, Galatia. There's a whole lot of towns, a whole lot of different gatherings in this whole province, so to speak. And he's writing to remind them how to stay in what Jesus died for. How to stay in the life of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit was given for. And so this is a well-known passage, and it says this, Do not be deceived. You see, that the spirit of deception starts before even the Garden of Eden. Because pride caused the devil to get deceived. He started to think, I can be like God. And he got deceived. Pride will always lead to you being deceived. And pride is when we think we're capable of doing something. In other words, we don't really need to do it God's way. 
we can do it my way. Well, I don't subscribe to that doctrine. I subscribe to the fact that there is only one way. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, these verses are often quoted in, in, the, in the context of we're about to do an offering and I'm about to steal money out of your wallet. You know, I, 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 I have the privilege of, of, of uh, speaking to offerings all around the world. I love speaking to offerings. It's a form of deliverance. And so, but the reality is you'll hear many people quote this verse in the context of money. But never let's forget the context is actually sowing to please the Holy Spirit. Sowing to please the Holy Spirit. That's what this is talking about. And so that raises a question. I'm glad you asked because I'm now going to ask it. What, how do we sow to please the Spirit? I'm so glad you asked. If you didn't, I asked for you. Now I can answer. What does it mean to sow to please the Spirit? Well, that means you're going to be doing something. You're going to be like with seed, because that's what you do with sow. How do you please the Holy Spirit? That's fantastic. How do you please the Holy Spirit? Well, there's certain things you do. It says that we're not to become weary in doing good. That's pleasing the Spirit. You see, many times we, we can live our life thinking, you know, God is just really pleased that we're actually on His side. And He can just pat us on the head and go, good children, you know, you're, you're on board. As if we're doing God a favor. We don't belong to ourselves in the first place. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. And when we think that we're the architects of our future, that's pride. You're in deception and you're in trouble. And so here it is. When we acknowledge that without Him, we can do nothing. Oh, goodness. It's like without Him. I'm even even worse preacher than, than I am now. The reality is, but with Him, we can do all things. How do we sow to please the Holy Spirit? Well, number one is we make it our purpose. We make it our purpose. How many have ever received a present, just a gift in life? Anyone? The rest of you, I feel sorry for you. I have. Yeah. How many, let's tell the truth, how many have ever received a present, you've looked at it, put it in the cupboard, and it hasn't been used or looked at for the next 10 years? Yeah, we speak the truth. And how many know that wouldn't really please the person 
that gave us the gift. It's not very honoring to that person, but it's just our humanity goes, I don't really like that person, but I don't want to upset them. I'm getting a bit sentimental here, and so I'll just put it in the cupboard, and I'll smile and say, thank, oh, thank you so much. It's wonderful of you to do that. Uh, I can do this because I've seen it happen many times. And so we, we, we just put the gift in. But what is it like when someone gives you a present, and they just come around sometime, or they see, and they see you wearing what they just gave them? It, it's sort of like, whoa, something wells up inside that person of, Yes, imagine what it is for the Father to send the Holy Spirit and for us to go, oh yeah, interesting, park, I'll just get on with life. And the Father's looking from the balcony of heaven and going, what? What? And we're just living like, what? Oh, and then we start praying, oh God, help me. I just sent you the helper. trouble of course you are what about your helper oh and then people go but the holy spirit does strange things have you ever looked at yourself lately it's like <laughs> i mean don't blame the holy spirit for strange things he does awesome amazing incredible things they are beyond our understanding why should we try to fit the holy spirit into our grid we've got to get our grid to be able to line up with the holy spirit we are not the reference of eternity, but the Holy Spirit is. He was at the beginning. The Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth, and He's been there all the way through. God has done nothing on planet earth except by the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the Holy Spirit that caused me to be born again. And it's the Holy Spirit that's preparing us to receive Jesus as He splits the sky yeah, yeah. Good preaching, Seth. <laughs> so, so to please the Spirit. So, we can give offerings to the Spirit. Right at the beginning, Cain and Abel. The first time offerings are mentioned in the Bible. That's the first, the law of first mention right there. And God didn't automatically accept both offerings. Now that's a lesson. It says with one offering, he was not well pleased. With the other one, he was. And then you'll get people say, oh, it was because it was a lamb and the other was a... No, there was an attitude that was behind the offering that God was looking at because God, the Bible says, doesn't just look at the material. He looks at the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's what he judges. We read that in the New Testament. And so right at the beginning, there's a lesson for us that just because we give God an offering, it doesn't mean he has to accept it. So what is it that he will accept? What, what is it that he'll please? David said, I will not bring an offering that costs me nothing. 
And many times we, we can get an attitude of saying, well, I'll go to church. No, I don't feel like going to church today. Because what? You're not willing to give an offering. That costs you something. That costs you inconvenience. That, that cuts across something else in your life. But when you allow God to be the first and you adjust your life to Him and to His call on your life, then suddenly the heavens open. The blessing is there. There's amazing things happen. And that's why Scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. Why? Because they've made themselves the reference instead of the ministry to the Holy Spirit, instead of sowing to please the Spirit. And so there is one thing which we are clearly, clearly, clearly told that pleases God. Remember, Holy Spirit is God. Faith pleases God. And you and I have all been given a measure of faith. Therefore, we have faith to be able to please God. As I said, my mum passed away. I grew up in the hills of Normandale. We didn't have a lot of money. We, we had chickens running in the bush. We had just, we had stuff. Dog bones from the meatworks was our meat. And we made into broth and soups and goodness knows other what's. But we never, ever were brought up with an attitude of poor me. We were thankful. We were brought up to be thankful. And we could look and see people, they had what we didn't have. And, but mum and dad went, yeah, but you've got what they haven't got. What have you got? You've got the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Because I was seven years of age and I was, Mum and Dad taught us to put great value on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. To place great value on what it was to go to church and to sing. Was church always inspiring? No. But you don't focus on that. You focus on who is Jesus. Who is the Holy Spirit? And the Bible says, He strengthens us in our infirmities. And so, And so we've been given, every one of us, a measure of faith. And we're not to compare ourselves with each other. Instead, we are thankful. I thank God that He gave me a measure of faith. He gave me a measure of faith. Therefore, I've got something to have that I can use, which will please Him. And guess what? When it pleases Him, woof, we used to sing a chorus in Sunday school. The windows of heaven are open. I won't assail your ears by singing it. The windows of heaven are open. The blessing is falling tonight. There's joy, joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made everything right. I gave him my old tattered garments. He gave me a robe of pure white. I'm feasting on manna from heaven, and that's why I'm happy tonight. <laughs> that went into me when I was a five-year-old boy, and it's still inside me today. Why? Because I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy. I'm not going to let the devil steal my faith. I'm not going to let the devil steal my focus on who God is and who the Holy Spirit is. And yet that's what we have to encounter so many times because the devil, he tries to steal your focus into something else. And he says, yeah, that's wonderful, but what about this? Well, what about it? What's important? Placing the value. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 6. Where your heart is, 
where your treasure is, sorry, there your heart will be also. In other words, place the value first, and then the rest of your life can line up to that. And so we were taught, and I'm still teaching people, and I'm still living it, placing a high value on the Holy Spirit. People have said to me recently, I was in a pastor's gathering up in Auckland, invited to speak, and then there were some questions, and one said, so how have you kept the river of the Spirit flowing all these years? Because I placed a high value on it. Because I placed a high value. I also place a high value on joy. Because I don't find the, the alternative very attractive. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm a Christian. I mean, I've seen happier chickens. <laughs> so, to please the Spirit, sowing is an intentional act. It's an intentional act. So, what can we do? I'm glad you asked. We start to talk with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. That you're the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus that you would be with me and in me. That's what Jesus said. He would be with you and in you. So, like it's like some people have asked me about deliverance ministry. Can a Christian have a demon? I say, why would they want one? Then they ask me, well, are they in you or out? Who cares if they've got influence on your life? You don't want it. You don't want it. Don't get, let your human reasoning rob you of the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. When we sow to please the Spirit, we are getting ourselves so that we are making room for the freedom of the Holy Spirit. So He can go this way, that way. And many times people quote what Jesus said in John chapter 3 where it says the wind blows where it lists. And people say, yeah, that's like the Holy Spirit. No, it's talking about us. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And people won't understand you. So what? You don't have to be understood by everyone. There's only one person that you need to worry about, and that's that the Holy Spirit is with you, and He can be in you, and He can be with you, because one person in God is always in the majority. You might be the only person in your workplace. You might be the only person in your college, in the university, whatever. You might be the only one who is openly, outrageously, courageously a Christian, but you're not alone. Because if you've got the Holy Spirit, you're in the majority every time. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. It used to be so much fun for me. I, honestly, I had so much fun when I was working. I've always had fun. I, 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 even at school, my, my teachers, they really love me. They know my name. They, 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 I, I met some of them a few years ago, one, and, and I still remember my name. It was awesome. So much love. Sometimes I'd say to Seth, why did you do that? Because I was bored. But the reality is this. 
It was so much fun in the factory and in the shearing sheds. And they'd start doing, you know, I'd wait till they're in full flight, swearing. And then I'd say, who gave you the right to use the name of my friend like that? The devil only gets away with it because Christians don't stand up to him and say, you are underneath my feet. The only reason why evil prospers is because good people do nothing. But when we know that greater is he who's in us, there is a boldness that can come and we just go, we're not having that. It's like as our girls were growing up. And they'd, be, they'd bring something in, and I'd just say, that's not the culture of this home. We're having none of that. That's not the culture of this family. Oh. People would say to me, wouldn't they get upset? Who cares if they got upset? That's not the culture of this family. And of course, before we, you know, last millennium, before cell phones came, it used to be the old ring-a-ring phone. And they're now teenagers, and they're saying, they want to use the phone. They want to, yeah, yeah, you've got 10 minutes. And guess what? If it got to 10 and a half minutes, I'd look. If it got to 11 minutes, I would just walk up to the phone and go, bing, that's that call finished. People say, you can't do that. I did it. Because that's the rules. Would they get upset? Yeah, but that wasn't going to shift me. Do they still love me? Absolutely. Have they thanked me many times? Absolutely. And that's because I was able to carry my authority well. Not being domineering, this is the rules. We've been given authority. Jesus said, I've given you authority, given you power over all the things of the devil, which means when you're in your workplace, everyday stuff, you don't have to subscribe to the culture of the world. You are there and you can bring their culture and say, but this is our culture. This is my culture. I was the apprentice in a workshop, bottom of the food chain. But before I finished my apprenticeship, the culture of the workshop had completely changed. The pornography had gone, the swearing had gone, the smoking had gone, and Radio Rima was the station that was getting played the whole time. And I'm only the bottom of the food chain. But I knew this, that I'm not going to subscribe to their culture, but they could subscribe to mine. Now, I didn't have to get all religious with them because you, you can't change the world by being religious. That's like... Beelzebub telling Beelzebub what to do. Religious, it's just a demon dressed up in Sunday clothes. So to please the Spirit. And this, when we are generous to the Spirit, then we receive generously from the Spirit. I just want to say that again. Because if you get this principle, you'll fly through life. When you are generous to the Spirit, then you will receive generously from the Spirit. 
because God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. And that passage, as I read earlier in Galatians, is all in the context of the Holy Spirit. So how much of the Spirit can I have? Not the right question. How much of you can the Spirit have? That's the right question. In other words, how much room do we make in our life for the Holy Spirit? I shared the story before about speaking in a seminar about walking in the Spirit and a very religious looking man was at that seminar and when I said any questions, he said, yes, I have. Pastor Seth, we see all sorts of things happening. How long is your, I don't want to be personal, which is always code for I'm about to be personal. How long is your quiet time? I thought, I'm having fun. He said, sir, zero minutes. He looked at me aghast. He's like, because oh, I'm not a quiet man. <laughs> I said, because I go, Rabo Shunduriana Mamunda Lala La Burundu Lola. Rema Mamunda. That doesn't suit me. Now it might suit you, God bless you. You might be one of those contemplative people, but I'm not. I'm a man of few words, a few million. But I'm just the sort that when I fellowship with the Spirit, I'm reap of wundalula. Why? Because God has given me a gift in tongues. And the more I use it, the more I see the power of God flowing, the more I see many things. And did I always have it? No. But I placed value on it. And I, I never ever said, oh, well, if I get it, I get it. I was like, seek earnestly. It says, I saw, all right, God, I'm coming. That was as a boy. I went, God. And also I had read, I was just a young boy story of some of the early revivalists, they said, God, if you don't come, I'll come and get you. Their attitude was, I'm placing that sort of value on it. And so, and I place value on the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. On the, I place value on acknowledging Him. David said, I set the Lord always before me. So I said to the man, I don't, I don't have a specific time. I seek to set the Lord always before me. Do I study? Of course. Do I pray? Of course. Do I have fun? Of course. Do I lay hands on people? Of course. Am I saying all that? It's amazing. Better bless you for it, Heather. Can't, you can't even see to right now. <laughs> and people say, Seth, why do you do that to people? Because it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> we can look like a starched up collar if you want to, but anyway, I just prefer to have fun. 
Meryl said, it's good enough for God to laugh in heaven, it's good enough for us to laugh on earth. Because that's what the Bible says. He's laughing in heaven. So why should we go around looking like a hippopotamus trying to find a watering hole? So what pleases God is when you and I live our life shaped by faith. Not a philosophy. Because faith is when humans release God's power into that situation. By faith, Red Sea opened. What happened? Moses released the power of God, and the Red Sea opened. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. Why? Because Joshua listened to the Lord and didn't try to work it out and just simply said, I'm going to do it God's way, and the walls came tumbling down. He released the power of God. And by faith, you and I can just do things, and by faith, it may not make sense, but by faith, we can say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to praise you in the middle of the situations because my praise will set ambushments against the enemy, and the enemy is the one who falls and not me. And so by faith, and the more we talk faith, the more we live faith, the more we share faith, the more we put faith on display, the more God is pleased and the more His glory is demonstrated and the more the world sees that God is real. That pleases the Holy Spirit. And then He comes in. Then He flows in even greater ways. More and more and more. And I want to encourage you. We're celebrating 10 years But just imagine what the next 10 years could be. Just imagine if we so to please the Spirit and we walk by faith and not by sight and we start to believe for things we can't see, but we start to say, but by my God, I'm going to run through the troop. By my God, I'm going to leap over the wall. Oh, yeah. When I was at Sunday school, we sang the songs, when your fears rise mountain high, and would block your pathway. Wait, oh, wait upon the Lord. This is what went into us as little kids. Believing as you pray, then your eagle wings will grow. Up, 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 up you'll go. Glory, hallelujah. And the mountain's down there. Oh, sometimes we have difficulties in life. That's just life. But the Bible says we're to be like an eagle. What does the eagle do? It sees a storm, and it embraces the storm. It flies to the storm. Because the storm takes it higher than it can get itself. That's just a fact of nature. But the Bible says, doesn't even nature teach us about God? Be an eagle. Absolutely. Embrace the difficulties. Embrace them. And they'll cause you to rise. And you'll say, ha ha, I'm an overcomer. You can't be an overcomer if you're not prepared to embrace the battle. So to please the Spirit. Very quickly, Abraham, believe God. God was pleased. Jesus, his obedience pleased the Father. Oh, awesome. Other things that please the Spirit. Loving one another. Hungering for more of Him. Making room for Him. Through patience, we inherit the promises of God. In other words, you don't give up. People ask me, why have you never given up? What was the point? There's nothing to be gained anywhere in life by giving up. 
But the big thing I want to leave with you is the double bar- barrel shotgun, faith and thanksgiving. The more you thank him for who he is, the more he's going to surround you and his favor will surround you like a shield. Thanksgiving. That's why even in the Old Testament, when the pattern of worship was established, the big offering was the Thanksgiving offering. When the Thanksgiving offering was given, so many times you read it, how the glory would just come. The Bible says in the New Testament, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything, in everything. In everything. So you have a difficulty. Thank Him that you're not alone. Thank Him. He's already overcome. Thank Him that there's an opportunity now to demonstrate faith in action. I've shared before here, but that was the thing with the surgeon when he was just about to do my, the night before he was doing my, my open heart. See, I, I have to be happy now because I've got a permanent smile. Oh, there's a bit. Right there. Oh, I'll show you. No, no, no. <laughs> He's telling me the stats of people who don't recover because he has to do that. And I'm sitting there. I even had a joke in the process. And he, he went, why are you not anxious? I said, my time's in God's hands, not yours. And he said, you've got faith. Well, all I know is this. It's far better to feed your faith than to feed your doubts. Because feeding doubts is like, Eating manure, not exactly wholesome. <laughs> but feeding faith, oh yeah, come on. And so as we look forward, we go, oh, just imagine, just imagine another 10 souls getting saved by the end of this year. Another 20 souls getting saved. Just imagine what we could be like in, in, in two years' time. Just imagine. And I'm going I'm to start declaring that. I'm going to start believing that. I'm going to feed my faith. Whoa. That's why Peter talks about who's gone, begotten this into a living faith, or some people call it a lively faith. In other words, it's on display. It's on display. So, as I close, because we need to have lunch. I'm a, I'm a great believer in honoring cooks. Do not do what grieves the Spirit, the Bible says. Don't grieve the Spirit. Ignoring Him. Not fellowshipping with Him just consciously sinning against God's ways. Instead, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Negativity will always bring death, but encouragement will always bring life. And that's why the Bible says, encourage one another. It doesn't say, have pity parties. It doesn't say, let's talk about that other person together. It doesn't say, let's criticize the leaders. It says, encourage one another. So why do the things the Bible doesn't say to do? Rather, let's do what it says to do. And that's a really basic one. In everything, giving thanks, encourage one another, 
and please God by using the seed of faith which you've been given. We've all, nobody can say, I've got no faith. Because the Bible is very clear. To everyone has been given a measure of faith. So therefore we use it. And we sow to please the Spirit. And from the Spirit, all of heaven gets open to us, eternal life. Could you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray. love to lay hands on anyone who's game enough for that. But as I pray, there's an opportunity for you to say, like the disciples said, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. That a fresh confidence in the power of faith, a fresh confidence in the power of faith, that there will be revelation of how to sow to please the Holy Spirit. We're so used to asking the Holy Spirit to do stuff for us. But I know God's calling us to do stuff to please Him. Father, I thank you for 10 years. I thank you for 10 years of a journey of faith. I thank you for 10 years of amazing stories. I thank you, Lord, that there's been provisions that she had no plan for or grid for, but you've provided. There has been challenges, but there's been victories. Thank you for all of that. But right now we say, thank you, Lord for what is yet to come. We thank you, Lord, for the souls that will be saved, for the souls that will be baptized, for the healings and the miracles that are coming. We thank you, Lord, for the influence to grow and grow so that your name is made famous. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for each one that in a fresh way, they will have a revelation of sowing to please the Holy Spirit. They'll have a confidence that the world cannot give and they refuse to let the world take away. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you have for each one today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, I'm happy to just carry on praying. Tony, you just, whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah, just um, come forward for prayer. And, and you know, let's... Uh, Let's uh, come to the Lord with a desire to live by faith, not by fear, to sow according to the Spirit, and, um, and uh, believe for the great next 10 years. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We now invite you, Holy Spirit, to uh, bless us in the coming and in the going. Help us have an overflowing heart. Wow, to sow to the spirit and not to the flesh. To sow and keep on sowing and not lose heart in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move in the well and everybody, Father, as we lead. Thank you, Lord. Feel free to come forward, receive prayer. Hallelujah.